If you would stand with me, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and bringing us back safely. For your protection and your guidance and your love and your mercy, we thank you. And we pray today that as we continue with this service that you will give us the ears to hear. Thank you for the devotion. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for the benefits and the words of encouragement. We do honor you and we magnify you for who you are, the King of glory. We pray that you will be honored in this place. In fact, you are already honored. For everyone that's here, the guests, friends, long-time acquaintances, when we were down at 387 Drake, our neighbor that was just next door, the Flemings, thank you for them and we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We pray today that you will allow us to be people that will pursue holiness and righteousness like never before. And we thank you that you have blessed us to be here in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. On September 10th, we had another birthday in the house. Her name is Brown Cherie. I mean, Cherie Brown. Cherie, had your birthday here, September 10th. Let's give Cherie a hand. Cherie, how old are you? Don't say <laughs> So Cherie had a birthday. Her birthday is right before our, my birthday. And so Cherie, thank you for being born a few years before me. <laughs> Miss Alice Chen had a birthday on the 7th as well. Alice, where are you? Alice had a birthday. Sister Valerie Austin had a birthday. What day exactly was it? I think it was, was I hit you a day late? On the third. Same day as my son's, Quinlan's. On the third. <laughs> Any other September birthdays? September. Rhonda. 22nd Omega. 21st? Oh, okay. My dad-in-law is on the 20th. <laughs> Amen. On this coming Monday, this Monday, September 12th, will be 35 years from Mel and me marriage. Anniversary tomorrow. 1987. Got married over at Village Baptist Church. Didn't even have a rehearsal. She got stuck. Car quit on her on the way here. The bridesmaids had to go pick her up. Right off Santa Rita Road in Pleasanton, right? On the side of the road. We were down at the church. My dad made all this food. <laughs> Couldn't even rehearse. She didn't even sleep that night. But the biggest thing, we were married. <laughs> So tomorrow makes 35 years. Oh, I'm sorry. I said I was 28 and holding 27. Uh, turn with me in the Bible to Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, or you can follow us up on the board. Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. This is what it says. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai uh, on the 24th day of the month. 24th day of the month. Uh, speak to Zerubbabel, 
governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth, he said that once before, and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. The title that we will continue with is, You Need God's touch in order to be made clean, part three. You need God's touch to be made clean. In verse number 20, the word of the Lord that came to Haggai, we note, originates once again with the Lord. It is not a word that Haggai makes up. He does not come giving his own word, but it is a word that has been given to him by the Lord. We also note that this word that came to him, the Bible says in this verse, That it came to. In the previous verses, you will find that the word was of Haggai. In fact, Haggai chapter 1 verse 3. It says, then the word of the Lord came by. The word of the Lord came by. In this chapter here, it says too. Now, there's only, there's not really a major difference here. But I just want you to note just that small change here. And then in Haggai chapter 2 verse 10. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet. Then in Haggai chapter 2, verse 1, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of, or came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. While the difference is slight, the word of suggests that it is more passive. And the word to is that it is more active. Let me just say this. My dad used to make a distinction when the word to was used and the word for. He at times would say, you may have a gift for a person. That may be great, but you need to get it to the person. I have a gift for you. Well, when I'm going, when am I going to get it? So he would say, you need to get the word to the individual. In this second address that we have here, The sermon at this time is addressed only to Zerubbabel. If you recall, if you remember, recall, the word of the Lord had come to Joshua. It had come to the recipients or the people. And then that last time, back in verse 10 of chapter 2, you will note that it even came to the priest and it came in the form of a question. But here, interestingly enough, in verse 20, we have that the word comes To Zerubbabel alone, who is the governor, the son of Shealtiel. It does not include the others in this address. A lot has been written on this passage alone. In fact, many of the commentators and many of the theologians focus heavily on verse number 23 of chapter 2. But I just need you to note that it is important to note that this is one of the most puzzling uh, scriptures, verse 23, uh, because it did not become, it was not fulfilled during the lifetime of uh, Zerubbabel. The prophecy that is given to him seems to have been future. And so because it didn't happen during his lifetime, many of the 
theologians or some of those who question the Bible say, this is why he, it is a false, he's a false prophet, because it didn't happen during his time. But we need to know that God never makes a mistake. You need to note that he never makes a mistake. The reason that there may be a difference is that the promise finds the fulfillment in regards to the fact that the priests are not mentioned and Joshua is not mentioned. Some suggest that it finds its, its fulfillment in the fact of royalty rather than of the priests. Royalty, some suggest because of the royalty that it is pointing to Jesus. This address to Zerubbabel seems to be a calling of him to what God is going to do in the future in regards to the kingdom. The matter of judgment, it is very important that when you look at the scriptures, we have in verses 20, 21 and 22, we see judgment taking place. Why, why such a, an emphasis on judgment oftentimes before there is a message of hope and blessings. I think one of the things that we have to always remember, as I've always, I say constantly, that God really is a holy God and he is a God of judgment. The fact that God cannot tolerate sin in his midst, he does not even keep judgment or even consequences from his own people. There are some people today that say, I, I got it so good with God, I can do anything I want. I can live any type of way that I want. Why? Because I'm special to God. Um, I don't think they've read the Bible. Because I see constantly where the Lord says that my judgment will fall if you don't get it right. Judgment that God brings is oftentimes used as a way to bring about correction. When God gives consequences, it is a way to help change the course that one may be traveling and going down. And in this short book that we have in Haggai, we see that the Lord brings judgment. Then he tells the people what the problem was. Then he says, I'm going to bless you. Then he tells them again why he's bringing judgment and why they had to go through what they went through to show them again the seriousness of the issue and the seriousness of sin. And then tells them again, but I'm going to bless you. Because you've changed, you've turned. There was even a wicked king in the Bible who would not do anything right. And when the prophets came to him, the Lord said, go tell him. I'm about to take his life. And when that word came, the Bible says that he changed. There are times when the Lord will do something instantaneously in your life and bring about a change. But you don't want to wait to that end point where you're relying on the mercy of God when you had all this other time to get it right. We did that as kids. We did, we did it, we did it. Your parents don't do that. We keep doing it. We keep doing it. Then you're about to get in trouble. I won't do it no more. Well, you had a month to change. You ever used to get a spanking, then you come out with your friends, you know you, they, you know you got, they, they know you got in trouble, and you say, it didn't hurt. <laughs> y'all ever did that? For those of y'all who got a spanking, I didn't, I didn't have to get a lot of spanking from my dad, because he just can look at me and that was it. I'm done. Straighten right up. My mom, you know, she, she can say a lot of things. But she say, wait till your daddy get home. That's it. I'm going to bed. Three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sleepy. Time to go to bed. No dinner for me tonight. Immediately. <gasps> bedtime. Dad, get home. Marky, come down here. 
come down like I'm all sleepy. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> My mom looking like, mm-hmm, I snitched on you. <laughs> I told on you, boy. <laughs> but I tell you this, I can appreciate discipline today because it kept me out of a lot of trouble. Tell you can be a blessing. So judgment can be helpful. One of the things that you want to be very careful of, you don't want to have God chastising you or judging you and then using you as an example for those in the future. When the Lord is saying that I'm going to chastise you like, that's never good when you become the example. Genesis chapter 19, verses 24 and 25. So we look at the judgment that God said he's going to bring in the, to the nations. Here's an example. Then the Lord reigned on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulfur and fire from the Lord of heaven, out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 19. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the splendor and pomp of the Chaldeans will be like Sodom and Gomorrah. When God overthrew them. Serious. When the Lord mentions chariots in this passage, it makes us think about the exodus out of Egypt. Go back with me quickly and just look briefly at Haggai chapter 2, beginning at part B of verse 22. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders, and the horses, and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. Exodus chapter 15, verse 19. We think about this. Look. For when the horses of Pharaoh, with his chariots, and his horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the people of Israel, in other words, God's people, walked through, walked rather on dry ground in the midst of the sea. Exodus fifteen twenty one, And Miriam, in fact, let me go back and look at another one. Exodus 15, verse 4. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. 1521 of Exodus. And Miriam saying to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Whenever God had completed and did a great work in the lives of his people, there were often songs that were sang about their enemy. Listen, you don't have to try to get um, even with your enemy. Don't try to get even with people. For those that belong to God, we are called the apple of God's eye. And the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. In other words, the Lord knows when someone messes with you. And get this, he doesn't do it oftentimes right away. What does he do? He wants people to repent, to get it right. God loves us so much that he does not want to have to deal with us regarding his judgment. He wants to give mercy, but he has to put it out there. And in these passages that we have read, he is comparing what he is going to do 
in the book of Haggai to what he has already done. And he uses, uses these individuals and these nations and cities as examples. You don't want to be used as an example when it comes to something negative. In verse number 23, it says, On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. We have what is called an inclusio in this verse. An inclusio. What is an inclusio? It is a statement. Well, let me just show you. On that first part in verse 23, that first sentence, on that day declares the Lord of hosts. When a statement is said at the beginning and then it is repeated at the end, it is called an inclusio. It takes that first part and then says it at the end. Look at the end of 23. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. When the Lord gives an inclusio or gives a statement, it is a matter of stating emphatically that God is going to do what he says. If God says that I'm going to bless you abundantly and I'm going to really bless you, you need to take note because it is something that is sure. See, God only has to say something one time. But when he repeats it, It is a matter of stating that, as a matter of fact, it is going to happen. Note also in this passage, on that day declares the Lord of hosts. Look at what it says. Who's declaring it? The Lord of hosts. I will take you, O Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. Listen, declares the Lord. He says it again right there. And make you like a signet ring, for I have... Chosen you, declares the Lord. Now, isn't that interesting? In that one verse, we have three different times when the Lord says, declares the Lord. It is going to happen. And yet, in this matter of Zerubbabel's life, it didn't take place during his life. But I want you to note something. I want you to see something. The Zerubbabel being one to where he is being seen as one Pointing to the future, one to where the Lord says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to destroy all the kingdoms. And he uses types and shadows. Give an example. When we think of King David, many of the promises deals with King David, but it really deals with the son of King David. Even though David is oftentimes used, it may be also those related to him. So when we think about David, we oftentimes think of one that comes out of David. Zerubbabel is mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. Look at Matthew that bring this to a conclusion. Matthew chapter 1 verse 12. And after the deportation to Babylon. Now this is a genealogy that they're given that the Lord, the author Matthew was given in the book of Matthew. He just given a genealogy. Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. And Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel, right there in the New Testament. The Lord has a way of remembering what he said 2,000, even 3,000 years ago and bringing it to fulfillment in our time. I want to remind you and tell you this as we have come to the conclusion of this book, Haggai. And next week, I don't know what book I'm going to be in yet. The Lord's got to let me know. So I can't tell you yet because I don't know myself. (laughs) But it will be one of the 66 books in the Bible.
That much I can tell you. We have seen the judgment of God, the mercy of God. We have seen the dates given related to a pagan king because Israel was not on the throne or they didn't have a king. We have seen a message on the same day. The Bible says come to Haggai two different times on the 24th day of the ninth month. Twice the Lord brought a message in this last message on chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. Where the, Lord, the word of the Lord comes a second time to Zerubbabel to give the message. And what is God wanting? What does God expect? God is letting his children know that he is faithful. He is faithful to carry out all that he said. Do you not know from the very beginning, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revolution? Y'all don't even get that. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> the Lord has systematically been completing his plan. Many of you may be looking for another way. You may be looking to say, okay, I, what am I to serve and who am I to worship? The Lord was already completing and doing the work from Genesis. And when Christ came on the scene, it fulfilled all that he had been working towards. There's no need to keep looking for other things. Your answer lies in Christ. Your answer lies there. And even though we don't know all the things that God does, nobody can know everything that God does. Somebody telling you they got a special revelation from God and, it's in death, and, it, and it contradicts the word of God, run from them. Don't believe it. God's word is true. And even though he does not always let us know all things, you can be assured of this. Assured of this. I don't know what God may be doing, all the things, but one thing I do know, I can trust him. <laughs> I can trust him. I may not have all the answers, but God is faithful. So the question is, what are you doing with the revelation and truth that God has given you? What are you doing with that? Our Heavenly Father, today, we want to thank you for showing us your ways, that which has been judgment, that which has been uh, shown to the people to repent, and then your blessings of what you are going to do. We thank you right now that you haven't left us to guess. You haven't left us without the ability to understand. And so today we praise your name that we have a God who loves us, that you hold this marvelous world together, that if something was off by a fraction, Lord, it would just go off into oblivion. But you have created a tremendous world that continues to baffle scientists of how things work. And we thank you right now that it was by the power of your word that it came into being. So we thank you right now that we can trust you and we can honor you. Thank you for being merciful to the people of Israel, your chosen people, us, the Gentiles and people of God. We thank you today that you have included everybody under the same plan that we all have to come through the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to guess who we have to go through. It is Christ who saves from sin. We honor you for who you are. We love you. and We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's honor the Lord with a mighty hand, a mighty word, a hand of praise today. Let's give God a mighty hand.
of praise in this place.